169 of the All the Books show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. Uh, one episode away from 170. Yes, yeah. So a big milestone. I just yeah, I just said that one. Yeah. Uh, did I already say I'm Eric Mickles? Uh, no, you didn't. All right, I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. You already said that though. Okay. No, you I said that before. So. I said I'm no, Eric I don't Mickles. Think so. Play the tape back. All right. No, he didn't. I'm just trying to mess with your head. Uh-huh. Mess with time. Yeah. Well, I'm a little under the weather, so you probably can do it. <laughs> Here's a weird thing because we are yeah. we are recording live for the David A. Howe Public Library. This has been the longest stretch of me being away from this library since I got this job. Because I was last here on Friday the 2nd. Because last week I was at wow. the Nyla conference all week. Yeah. Tuesday I worked the election. Yeah. Yesterday was a holiday, so we were mm-hmm. closed. Here I am bright and early for our 7, yeah. seven o'clock board meeting. Yeah. So little, it's good to be back. A little fun thing very about tired. Uh, Nick. He can take care of everybody except himself. Hey. Hey now. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was uh, on Twitter. I saw a podcasting bingo, like things that podcasters do. <laughs> right. It was humbling. Really? It was humbling. I was like, oh, oh. No. Oh. Is it all stuff you did? Uh, it's a lot of things that we both do. Really? So I guess we're in good company? Do you I have one you can share? Uh, let, well, the uh that I just did oh, was one of them. Don't do that. Don't yeah, do uh. I know. Yeah. I know. One of them was saying that we're going to edit something out and then not yeah. editing it yeah. out. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> Asking if you can say a bad word. All right. Having already said the bad word. Yes. Yeah. That's just a couple. And there were a yeah. lot more. That... We, we used to edit things out. But we yeah, we did. Anymore. No. So no, no. Now People. the uh's are... As they're, as real as can be, they're part of the beautiful yeah. sounds. You go back to like the first episode. We're as clear thinking. <laughs> Noth- nothing we say has a pause. Yeah, it's all just, so. Yeah, yeah, very articulate, and well, we've not. slowly gone downhill yeah. ever since then. Well, uh, I like that. Thank you, uh, folks. We're going to be talking about Stan Lee today. Yeah, uh, I got the news from Eric. That yeah, Stan sorry. Lee. I mean, the, the godfather wife. of Marvel. Yeah, uh, passed away at ninety-five. Yeah. Uh, sad news. So we're we're going to be talking about some of our Stanley experiences. My uh, my wife got the news for me as well, but I actually, to, <laughs> I don't know. It hit me um, more emotionally yeah. than I was expecting. I mean, I really? guess I was. I guess I was expecting it to hit me emotionally. But yeah. like, she was upstairs. I'm like, hey, did you did you look at the internet today? She's like, no. Why? I'm like, I I I can't even say it. I couldn't say it. So like, yeah. I just so she just go online. I took the dogs outside. I came back. She's like, "That's so sad." And I'm like, "I just couldn't." It was weird. I just couldn't talk about it. Yeah. So, uh, it was just. I mean, I knew we can get into this more, yeah. but like, he's not. He was 95 years right. old. But yeah. the same what time, have, another 10, 20 years at this. At the same time, he just kind of was like, "I'm gonna live forever." Yeah. And you believed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We'll get into that a little yeah. bit later. Uh, I like I said, I had a pretty busy week. Uh, with the election, and then I had a lot of downtime at the conference. And yeah. I was stranded in Rochester, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did a lot of reading. So I'm I'm mm-hmm. gonna breeze through these. So let's open up the old bookmark, everybody. Are you ready for this, Eric? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, well, yes, I am. Right. I'm waiting for All my right. my computer's like spazzing out. I see. Okay. It's it's pulling a Matthew Lillard and. The end of Scream. Wow. Oh, so geez. it's just like, calm down, computer. That is hard to look at. <laughs> All right, folks. Bookmark segment where we talk about some of the things we've read since we last recorded. Or uh, watched. Or watched. <laughs> I'm going to roll through this list of graphic novels because it is extensive. Yeah. It's not Eric Look, if you're here for a spotlight of Stan Lee, we're not apologizing but for the graphic there. novels yeah. this week. I read uh, Spider-Gwen Volume 2. Meh. I read Batman and the Signal. Yeah, explain this one to me because it's Scott Snyder, but I don't know what this is. What? Oh, Batman well, yeah, signal. it's uh, so the signal is a character named Duke who came out of the Robin War, who's Batman's new sidekick. Oh, his name is Signal? Signal. I have never once seen him refer to anything but Duke. I, I think it's new. Yeah, he's okay. like take a costume in the name. It's just, it's not very good. Mm. And I wouldn't, I wasn't sure if you were going to go after me because of my review on this one or not. But Scott Snyder, great Batman author, but I think he's played out. He's I messy too. I don't think too. he should be writing Batman anymore. Maybe, yeah. And this one just didn't like they have no chemistry as a team. Mm-hmm. And it just it seems like they really wanted to just do a signal book. So, it's mm. very unbalanced, it's very sloppy. Yeah. Uh, I was not a fan, but we do have it in the collection if you want to check it out. It looks great. The art is great. Uh so that's that's one plus. I read Nightwing Rebirth volume 4. This is one that was going in a good tra- uh, trajectory and with this issue they were like, "Nah, forget that. We're going to do dumb stuff." Yeah, if you're a fan of blockbuster yeah are yeah. you no oh really no isn't he like a big mobster but he's yeah, also a big guy he is i mean he worked okay <laughs> in like the early 90s right. now it's kind of like what are we what are we yeah. doing so uh, now he doesn't have to be compared to the chain 
mm. kids today are reading Nightwing and like yeah. Blockbuster is such a cool original name. Yeah, it has nothing true. to do with video rentals, whatever that it. is. They don't know anything about it. <laughs> name of Gog, a Superman book that was terrible. Uh, yeah, who's the author is Chuck, Chuck Austin, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, he had he has one of the most like reviled X Men runs. No, oh. he had he had a bad history of like people hated keeps keeps getting work. All his uh, I guess people hated all of his like portrayals of any female characters because they were all like the same <laughs> yeah he's not he's not he also did like a bad avengers run from what i'm told uh, i haven't read that one but i've read all the x-men stuff not so. good okay anyway so you didn't like this didn't he's, like he's not a good superman it's writer terrible. either no okay. no it's just the story is nonsensical is this not doomsday it looks like doomsday, it's not doomsday. on the cover no okay. it's not uh venom homecoming which i actually really liked yeah somebody's now on the venom train huh here's the thing welcome aboard here's the Woo-hoo! thing uh, I was looking at the Goodreads reviews, and mostly they're negative. On this one? Uh, yeah. Wow. And I think it's probably because I just, I don't care about Venom. And so this I was... I when you say that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But this was like <laughs> a different thing. It was like a different take. So I guess uh-huh. if you're a Venom purist, you're probably like, that's not my Venom. But for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. I like it. Listen, I just read all of the 90s Venom. I know you did. I don't care if it's my Venom. <laughs> no, right. I don't know what my Venom is yeah. anymore. So. Well, the symbiote is very like much a character, like a separate character yeah. who talks. And you haven't read this one? No. Do we have this whole series in the collection, or just volume one? Uh, no, we have four volumes of this. Oh, I don't know run. if that's all of it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, I like that. Cool. Finally, Super Sons Parent Trap. This is uh, volume <laughs> three of Super Sons. Uh, it was pretty good. I feel like the series was kind of finding its groove, and then yeah. it ended. Oh. Uh, there is a new. This is the end. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Boy, I can only bring hurt into your I life. Yes, you can. There <laughs> is one standalone story that I haven't read. Right. It's in its own trade. Super Sons of the Future, I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's a new, the new adventures of the Super Sons is coming out like in 2019 or something. All right. So. Do you think Terry Hatcher is going to show up in it? I certainly hope so. <laughs> Most things are better when Terry Hatcher's there. Jeez. That's it for graphic novels. I've got some more that I need to read. But I also finished a few books. No, you also finished Spider-Gwen. I said that first. You did? Yeah. No, you didn't. I did, but that's okay. Created by, or I mean, Gwen. I thought you said the signal first. Gwen Stacy, created by Stan Lee, so it's relevant. So thanks for bringing it back. Okay, but you read Gwen Stacy. I did. Spider-Gwen Volume 2, yep, uh-huh. which is another run we have in our collection. Huh. Uh, brand new, hot off the presses, I uh-huh. read Stephen King's short, uh, it's not a short story, it's a, it's a short book. It is a short book. It's a short it's Stephen King book. It's probably longer, I don't know, it's a weird, I feel like it's a short novel. I think it's even too long to be a novella. Wow. A lot of mixed reviews for this thing. Yes. Here's the, here's the one saving grace. So uh, most people know that I love the uh, time travel Stephen King, 112263, uh-huh. which is very much done in the style of Jack Finney, who's my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. This one, he was trying to write in the style of Richard Matheson, uh-huh. and he did. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was a Richard Matheson vibe, and I'm really glad that I saw that in the... Um, uh, dedication right because i think that kind of colored the way i was reading the book because mm. i was kind of in that zone of richard matheson's style of storytelling right the book i think is not good uh i think it i think it sh- probably should have been either developed into a full novel because a lot of relationships happen where um they just come together and all of a sudden they're like best friends like closest family and they just don't make the case for that right in the short space so i think i either would have gone shorter and then you can just kind of this is an established thing or gone fuller and really like made the case for that Mm -hmm. thing so it is a quick read um i don't think i really recommend it unless you're just oh snap unless you're just on a plane or something and want something you can read in an hour or or if you read every single or if you read every single stephen king yeah so is this so this isn't one of those, like, if you like Stephen King, you'll like this. I don't think so, because okay. it doesn't feel like Stephen King. It really, like, the 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 arc of the story is very much Richard Matheson. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, somebody is asking, well, how many Stephen King books does this make now? Because we, ju- we just counted. I have probably 20. I don't know. Is that, were you at 19? I, 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 I counted was right it all. About there. It yeah, was, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but probably, probably right about 20. All right. Yep. Uh, what else did I finish? Absolutely remarkable things. Yeah, I'm shocked. You are that you read this. Oh, okay. You didn't. You don't like John Green. Well, this is not John Green. It's though. his brother. It's Hank Green. <laughs> this this was one of the uh, Barnes and Noble book club picks. Uh, so I just read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very much sci-fi, and I'm a little confused that it never seems to be classified as sci-fi. Really? Because 
it kind of focuses on the non-sci-fi elements. If, you, if you're not familiar with the plot, sure ain't. Um, basically, these large uh, metallic statues mm-hmm. just appear in like sixty. There's sixty of them that appear across the world, and there's a woman who happens to be there when the first New York one comes, mm-hmm. and she does a YouTube video that goes viral. And because of that, she kind of stays at the forefront mm-hmm. of this developing situation. So I think it's focused a little bit more on her and her journey and less on like the hard sci-fi element. Right. But it is just 100% sci-fi. Hmm. Um, but it didn't come up automatically from like Library of Congress's sci-fi. Right. Uh, the Goodreads Choice Awards don't list it as sci-fi. Weird. But I mean, I'll move our copy. I'm, I don't think, you know, um, Station Eleven... That, yeah, you, yeah. Th- you don't. That's never yeah. shelved in sci-fi. Well, either. I think it's probably for the same reason. Yeah, uh, and it's because yes, it's a sci-fi background, but you're not. That's not the point of right. the book, you know. Um, so I I liked it actually. I I started it and was like, I am not going to like this narrator at mm-hmm. all. And she was kind of, um, I don't know, a somewhat unpleasant narrator, but it kind of worked, and it's very. I know a lot of people that I've talked to about this book, we talked about it a bunch at the Nyla conference actually, right. are disappointed that it doesn't really fill in all of the gaps. Like you're left very much thinking like, so what's happening? You know right. what I mean? Um, so I think if you're prepared for that, that it's a journey kind of thing, mm-hmm. I think it does work very well. I don't know if there's going to be any kind of sequels. I would suggest don't do a sequel, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, I think it was a, it was a pleasant read. I enjoyed reading it. I was I was hooked. Okay. You know, so I give it, you know, I don't know, one and a half thumbs up, I guess. Okay. Because like kind of uh, it does have flaws, but mm-hmm. overall pretty solid. Uh, and finally, I read Movie Making Magic, Star Wars. Uh, this is when I picked up, well, actually, when we were picking up my brother, yeah. former podcast guest, Steve. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's not dead. No, he's alive. <laughs> he's alive. He just hasn't been on the show in a while. Picking him up in Buffalo, and we stopped at Target, and I was like, oh, this will be great for the election. And it was. I read it cover to cover. A lot wow. of cool concept art yeah. uh, from the early stages. It's fun to see some of the things. Um, they used some of the very early, and I wasn't aware of this, but they used some of the really early character designs from the original trilogy to form the character designs of rebels. Mm-hmm. So like uh, one of the, one of the oh, characters yeah. in there is just exactly like the first draft of Chewbacca hmm. and they, you know, they, he's just seen on a Wookiee or anything. Right. But, so it was just kind of neat to see that. Yeah. Um, and it does have a little bit on every movie or like right up through solo uh, solos on the cover. And it's like solo has the most creatures of any star Wars movie. And then there's like one page on solo. So, I don't know. That Does was it. That was kind of strange. I know I was surprised at that like assertion too because I don't think I would say that at all. But wow, that's what it says. I've only seen Solo once, so I've seen it twice. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and you're what a fan? No, you don't like it. That's fine. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like it. <laughs> I haven't seen it a second time though. Um, I guess that's it for me though. I did uh, rewatch Justice League over the weekend. Oh, the movie. I still like it. Okay. I still like it. Yeah. I know why people don't. You should say that before you review other things so people have I a baseline. I still <laughs> like it. There's so much cool imagery. Uh, I just I right. like it. I like it. All right. Did you see any movies? Uh, no. You didn't see any Grinches? Oh, jeez. I'm trying to forget. Oh. I saw the new uh, CGI Grinch movie, yeah. and I just I took my son to it. And he was like, you know, halfway through, he was like, can we leave now? He was like he was doing me a solid staying in this Grinch movie. Right. Uh, and we actually <laughs> didn't see the last few minutes because the film stopped. Oh, and it was well, dark. Small mercies. It was dark for a while. Then they restarted it, and we had about maybe five to ten minutes left. They started it at probably like the thirty-minute mark, and I was like, "We're done. We're not." Gonna. <laughs> but it was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I know everybody's. I don't think it's gotten any good reviews. Right. I haven't seen it many any okay. good reviews. It's no. it's very miscast, hmm. and I know you're going to say it's because I'm not a big Benedict Cumberbatch fan, but he yeah. is not a good Grinch. It's weird. It seems like. He matches like the original like he cartoon. He's not doing that. He's yeah. doing a very like meh, meh, kind of Grinch, like mm. all kind of high and and like it's narrated by Pharrell. It just, I don't know. It's not a good. It's not a good fit. My favorite part of it was Keenan Thompson. So really, yeah. Oh, all right. Yep. Strange. Yep. It's weird. I mean, I don't think I've ever liked an Illumination movie. Period. Every the, time the I, Lorax. The Lorax is pretty good. Is that an Illumination? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Maybe it is. I didn't I, think they I were around then. I, well, I don't know, whatever. I thought it was all right. I did. I hated. I hated uh, 
oh Horton Horton here's a who mm. I don't think that's Illumination no. but I really didn't like that but the Lorax I thought was pretty solid okay the Grinch thumbs down but like just I nothing, don't they didn't do anything new or interesting with the story right the story which is adapted perfectly into like a 20 minute short yeah you don't need to watch 90 minutes of that yeah that's rough how do how's it compare to the uh, Ron Howard I think if you were gonna watch one probably watch the Ron Howard one but I don't really understand who that movie's for like do, do children like that do adults. I mean, I enjoyed it at the time. I was like yeah. in high school when it came out. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really something that I want to keep watching. Um, but that at least is does something. You yeah. Know? Um. All right. The yeah. Lorax film. Yep. Uh, has Taylor Swift in it? Maybe. How about that? I guess. It or does she just do a song? Universal. Mm. Oh, Illumination Entertainment. There you I go. Thought wow. So. I thought so. I was kind of wondering if they were going to have any of the Lorax people like show up. They didn't. Right. The one slur or whatever. Um, all right. So that is it for me. I'm sorry. I know that was long. Yeah. I guess I'll also Aren't you mention still reading something? Real quick. Yes. That I'm currently reading Children of the Jedi uh-huh. by Barbara Hambly. I took mm-hmm. a little vacation from this and now I'm back to it. Nice. Not loving it. I'm sorry. Uh, I am really enjoying the new Imagine Dragons album, Origins. Okay. I picked that up uh, and I've, I've, I've liked it a lot. Nice. So are you going to listen to that? I listened to it Friday oh, when did? I okay. found out it was released because it it kind of just like yeah, snuck it did. Buck on it me. Did, yeah, um, and no vinyl till like late December. Hmm. I don't know. I, don't know. I was just on. Uh, I had Spotify open. It was like Imagine Dragons new album. I'm like what? Yeah. And so we listened to it. I got my copy yesterday. Boomerang's pretty good. So I like, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I I guess I like it more than Evolve so far. So, hmm. um, but Evolve was kind of a, I don't know. It's more low-key album so uh-huh. uh i even like the song that's in wreck it ralph though i probably won't like wreck it ralph oh yeah the uh, zero yeah song. so but yeah i got my copy i got mine at target so i got the special three oh yeah songs. me too <gasps> i did that too and i also picked up stranger things season two for the library nice so we'll have that here you can check my it out least favorite se- stranger things season out of two out of two okay yeah 50 <laughs> 50 yeah well what do you end up 50 on stranger right. things well then luckily i'll just cruise through what i've been reading okay. i'm still reading contagion okay uh YA so book. everybody yep. get off my back yeah uh Leave alone guys sci-fi book um but again as i said it's it's one of those weird ones like i guess this is young adult because you say it is but it could have also just been in the adult section right. and i wouldn't have questioned like oh this should be why anyways yeah. here's some comics i've read real fast okay uh, i finished uncanny avengers by rick remender uh it was really good. I did not like the first uh, first volume. Sorry, what is this? Yeah, uh, did I say Young Avengers? I meant Uncanny Avengers. Uncanny. Okay. Sorry. Uncan- no, no, it's uh, Uncanny Avengers. It's just it. He, this and his Uncanny X Force. They get to these like epic levels that are very like wow. character driven. Yeah. And I really like it. Uh, probably the best I've ever read. Probably the only Avengers comic I've ever actually like loved. But also the best use of Thor in Avengers oh. because usually they just don't know what it seems like. They just don't know what to yeah. do with him because he's such a powerhouse. Right. And in this one, he, it just worked huh. him and Wolverine had like uh, a connection. I don't know. Uh, I liked it. And rogues back to being able to fly nice. and have super strength. Hey y'all. Uh, so that made me happy. Back. I also read this 13 issue run uh, by Paul Cornell of Wolverine where he oh. loses his healing factor. Yeah. Uh, the last volume is called Killable huh. because he loses it. Killable. Uh, is he still dead in the, in the mainstream continuity? I think he's coming back now, okay. but I haven't got up there yet. Right. Uh, the next run of Wolverine I'm on is the one where it leads up to the death of Wolverine. Okay. So anyways, yes, he loses his healing power and he's like, oh, I'm mortal. I'm going to die. I got to settle down. It happens. He he starts wrestling with that mortality awfully really? quick. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, he's got bandages on his hands all the time. It's okay for the most part, Alan Davis does the art and he has a unique style that I don't love. People refer to it as gorgeous art, but sometimes, mm. I don't know, it seems a little bit messy and squished. Uh, I watched, <laughs> I watched two movies I want to bring up real quick. For some reason, I was in the mood to watch The Raid, Redemption, or, or oh, just The Raid. Is. The Raid is a uh, oh, Indonesian uh, action film. Okay. about a uh, police force that is going to uh, arrest this gang leader who's okay. on the top floor of this building and they have like 15 floors to climb and 
it is brutal. Uh, I would not suggest you ever watch this movie. Okay. But if you can handle visceral action scenes, no, I do suggest, if you haven't seen uh, 2013's The Raid, I suggest watching it. But there were many scenes where not only I turned away, but my uh, my wife, my wife who likes her dark psychological yes, she uh, does. books and all that stuff, she, she also had to look away. <laughs> there were times I was like, you tell me what's about to happen. But she couldn't. So... Uh, very long fight scenes too. It it was great, but also I watched that put me in a mood to watch more action films. Okay. So I watched The Man of Tai Chi. It's Keanu Reeves' first directed film. Oh. He directed it in China. Oh boy. Um, and cast the stunt coordinate his stunt coordinator from The Matrix as the lead. Oh. Okay. And he cast himself as the villain. And it was pretty good, too. Huh. A lot of good action scenes. But I tell you what, the whole movie I kept waiting because it's Keanu Reeves. I'm like, come on, just give me any element of redeeming factor for yeah. you, even though you're the bad guy. Right. Maybe something that was like, oh, he's not bad. He, he was bad the whole time. Oh. He was a mean guy. So at, at the end, I was like, oh. Um, yeah. Also, I saw Mask of the Phantasm in theaters. Ah, they were classic showing, Batman uh, animated film. They were showing Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That's exciting. Um, I saw it in theaters the first time around. Yeah, so now we both have seen it in theaters. Yeah, same thing. So <laughs> I hadn't seen it. Uh, I probably had more people in my theater. Than mine? Yeah, because then they just like surprise, like, we're doing a Batman movie in theaters in the 90s. And... I, I remember we had to sit up kind of close because oh, wow. there was a lot of people in the okay. theater. Okay, well, then I had less. Yeah. But... But, you know, it's also a pretty different landscape now. Yeah. You know, like a kid's movie coming out. Now there's like a kid's movie in every single yeah, rotation. When I was a kid, it was like once in a blue moon, you'd yeah. have a kid's movie. So um, it was funny. Like, I remember everything about this, but my wife, she has watched it. But as, as soon as it starts, she's like, yeah, I don't remember this. So like the whole movie, all the twists and turns nice. were new to her That's again. Great. I was like, ah, oh, to live like that. Um yeah, it was still it was still really good. I liked. Uh, it's funny because after the movie ends, you're like, Batman didn't stop anybody. <laughs> all the ba- the bad guys win, and at the it all just kind of happens to Batman at the end. He's like, "Whoa, glad that's over with." <laughs> but it's still it's still just a really good movie. Uh, and I tell you what, it's it when you watch it knowing what's coming, it does kind of drag. And as mm. soon as Mark Hamill's Joker shows up, you're like, oh, "Okay, the movie's going now." <laughs> Um, he just injects oh, so much uh, life into it, but yeah, it was it was a good time leaving. I heard one person they hadn't seen it. They were like, oh, "Man, I liked Andrea Beaumont." So, yeah. uh, Dana Delaney making her DC. Uh, oh yeah, she's debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Anyway, boy, we have we've talked a lot about this stuff. We sure have. Um, all right, what's next? Is that it for you, bookmark wise? Yeah. All right, close the bookmark. Let's do some book news. You don't. You close, close a, a book, book on, on the, the bookmark. bookmark. Yeah. Okay. Close the book on the bookmark, everyone. <laughs> I've got some advanced notices for you. We've had a little bit of a lag in getting the new standard print notices, which I have fixed today, but I don't have any of those. So we're going to delve into large print once again. But these are fun titles. The Accidental Beauty Queen by Terry Wilson. Mm-hmm. In this charming romantic comedy, perfect for fans of Med Cabot and Sophie Kinsella, critically acclaimed author Terry Wilson shows That's us- what the cover reminds me of, Sophie Kinsella. Yeah, okay. it does. It also kind of looks a little bit like Maria Semple's Where'd You Go, Bernadette? It's a very similar color, color scheme right. and everything. Anyway, uh, critically acclaimed author Terry Wilson shows us that sometimes being pushed out of your comfort zone leads you to the ultimate prize. Oh. Yep. So that's coming out in large print for you large print fans. <laughs> and finally, Miss Bingley's Requests. So this is a take on uh, Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. So, I have a request. Yeah. Of course. I, yes, Mrs. Bingley. Oh, that's her request. (laughs) Revisit the world of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice through the eyes of the woman who is determined to win Mr. Darcy's affection in this sumptuous and romantic novel. Sumptuous. Sumptuous. And this is coming out, uh, boy, when is it? I think not until the first of the year. Okay. So you got some time on this one. What else would you describe as sumptuous? Hmm. Like a turkey dinner? Maybe. I guess I think more like sweet. Oh. You know? Okay, like cotton candy. No, that's too thin. Maybe like a maybe like a really good piece of like chocolate cake. Mm, you know, sumptuous chocolate yeah, cake. Yeah, like All Coca-Cola right. cake is real moist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry I said moist, everyone. I know people hate that. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't either, but people do hate it. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's it for me. What, what's going on in the New York Times bestseller list? Yeah, good question. Just tell me. Okay. Uh, number 10. All right, so on the hardcover list oh my gosh i'm all over the place here so on the new york times best sells list for hardcover fiction at number 10 we have where the crawdads sing by delilah 
Owens, which we realized last week is on the Reese Witherspoon book club. Yes, it is. Which explains why it's still going. And we did post that. And we also were confused about the Reese Witherspoon's book club. And remain so. But yeah. it is available on our Twitter page. And of course, just Google Reese Witherspoon. And you'll be of course. Of course. All right. Number nine is Holy Ghost by John Sanford. Uh, Virgil Flowers. It's Virgil Flowers okay. book. Yeah, those are okay. Yeah. They're pretty all right. Number yeah. eight is Ambush by James Patterson. Detective Michael Bennett thriller. Mm. Um, number seven is Jodie Picoult, A Spark of Light. Okay. Uh, which has been here for five weeks She's now. been kind of hot lately. Yeah. You know, her last book, Small Great Things, is that what it was? Uh, that was one of them recently. But yeah, that, you kept that doing did, your thing. That did crazy yeah. good, so a uh, lot of interest. The lives of patients, doctors, and activists intersect when a gunman holds them all hostage in a women's health center in Mississippi. Uh, I don't think it's political or anything, so no, you're, no. you're okay. Yeah, it should be fine. Uh, number six, this one has dropped down, so maybe it will leave soon. The Next Person You Meet in Heaven by Mitch Albin. Oh, good the for The sequel you, to The Five People You Meet in Heaven follows Annie on her heavenly journey. Sounds cute. Yeah. Uh, number five also has been here for three weeks now. Uh, Unsheltered by Barbara Kingsolver. This is one you wanted to read, right? I do. Yeah, I would like to read this. Intertwined stories of two families who live in different centuries on the same street same corner street of Inland, corner, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, this one has dropped down. I'm actually surprised. Uh, Nicholas Sparks, Every Breath. Mm. Uh, difficult choice. Actually, it was only like eighteen dollars at Amazon, oh. not at Amazon, Walmart. Yeah. But that's pretty. A, that's a pretty standard discount for a hardcover of that size. Yeah. So I don't think that's a difficult choices surface when Hope Anderson and True Walls meet in North Carolina seaside town. That description is why I'm not surprised this dropped down. Like, there's just nothing there. Anyway, this is new, right? Yeah. Uh, Dark Sacred Night by Michael Connolly. Detective Renee Ballard Mm. teams up with the retired detective Harry Bosch, who is working on a cold case. So is this Detective Ballard someone? I think she was from the late late show. The late show? I think was the the most recent book with her. The book that introduced her. I think so. I can look it up. Okay. Yeah, Michael Connolly's. Yeah, Renee, the late show. Yep. Renee Ballard, number one. Well, it's a Ballard and Bosch novel. Ballard and Bosch together at last. Crossing over. I like a good crossover. Who... It didn't Bennett and uh, the other guy, Jack, not Jack, Alex Cross meet? I I don't know. I don't think so. There was mm. There's always talk of spinoffs, but Harry Bosch usually appears in, it, it's usually connected in some way. Like the Lincoln Lawyer series he's in, Bosch is like kind of the anchor in that little connected universe. Are you, are you getting choked up about this? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's very, very uh, number two. John Grisham, The Reckoning. I would like to read this Ford County story. A decorated World War II veteran shoots and kills a pastor inside a Mississippi church. Oh. Don't go to Mississippi in anybody's fiction these days. It's It seems like it's a yeah, bad time. You don't want to go. So what do you think's number one? Leanne Moriarty. Oh, no. I guess that will be next week. Oh. Uh, Elevation by Stephen King and oh. soundtrack by U2. Because they did the song Elevation uh, that was in the first those Tomb always, Raider. Those always play with me. So keep, yeah, sorry. Keep it you know up. the one where they're like Elevation, yeah. and then they're like, huh? I certainly like your rendition from so. the from Tomb Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider. The first Tomb Raider. The first Tomb Raider. With Angelina the Jolie. The movie. Two thousand one's Tomb Raider. Yeah. I don't have to. I explain. haven't seen it since two thousand one. Probably. <laughs> so uh, I believe you. All right. So a man is losing weight without getting thinner. What? A man who is yeah. losing weight yeah. without getting you thinner got it. forms an unlikely alliance with his neighbors who are dealing with prejudice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, these people are judging us based off the color of our skin. Let's get this guy who loses weight yeah. but doesn't lose weight to yeah. help us. You're, you're here. Per- you are seeing the problem. <laughs> Perfect fit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's worth reading. Oh, I, re- wow. I really don't. I did not know that description at all. Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah. All right. I actually, I didn't, I didn't really know it either. Yeah. Okay. And does that. He's just getting progressively like lighter, like hmm. the way gravity is interacting with him. Oh, is. and then he's going to elevate maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like that. Uh, you have episode to read it and find out, but you Ninja don't Turtles. have to read it. So. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that's the New York Times bestsellers list. Okay. So I do have a little, one more scrap of some book news. <gasps> Are you familiar with uh, Michael Chabon? Who wrote The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay? I did read that one. I haven't read the Wonder Boys, Yiddish, Yiddish Police Union, Union uh, Telegraph Avenue, Moonglow. Uh, pretty prolific, well thought of author. Uh, is taken on Star Trek. 
My wife and I just watched. I did see something about yeah, that. My yeah. wife and I last night, they're doing a little like called short treks. So a little mm-hmm. like 20 minute episodes. Right. And he wrote the one, the new one that just dropped this month mm-hmm. called Calypso. And it is great. So even if you're not a Star Trek fan, it's very standalone. You don't have to know anything else about it. You could just pick that up and watch it. Right. Uh, and it's great. So that gave me a little hope for some of the things they have going forward because he's heavily involved in the new Picard show mm-hmm. uh, with Patrick Stewart. Okay. So yeah. I, d- I do remember seeing he was attached. They're also talking about yeah. a spinoff with Michelle Yao's character. Yeah. Uh, a lot, lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So that's exciting. That's fun. Maybe too much. Yeah. Take it's it. just, it's interesting. Learn that, from Star Wars. You know, someone of his stature is, is kind of creeping over in this direction. Yeah. You know? But I feel like Star Trek is... It's like one of those things where if you're inspired to write because you like Star Trek, you're going to want to do Star Trek. And mm. like Star yeah. Trek, it seems like because it shows, it's easier to be like, oh, yeah, I'll write an episode. Yeah. That's that's yeah. an easier thing to do than be like, oh, I'll spend four years of my life writing a movie that right. might get made. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not. That's I, true. Yeah. I feel like Star Trek has like because it's more sci fi yeah. than like Star Wars. It does seem to attract more actual hard sci-fi yeah. writers so i mean it, like i said i'm i'm looking forward to it because calypso yeah. was great yeah all right let's get to our segment because let's you were it. gonna pass out in a i don't know a cold flu hmm. coma huh have you taken any medicine uh no again you'll you'll take care of everybody else but this guy yeah but I this guess, guy huh I don't know. I don't know. What, what are you gonna, gonna look do? in a mirror and say hey do you need help huh <laughs> maybe today maybe, maybe i'm gonna look right day. into the stream <laughs> yeah all right. All right. You need your own nick. Yeah. I guess that's my role. Thanks, take man. Take some medicine, you boob. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I will take some medicine. <laughs> Can I say take medicine on the podcast? No, that's bingo. from the bingo. That's from the bingo. <laughs> All right. As we mentioned early on, Sorry we're going to be that. talking about Stan Lee this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just Stan Lee. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine somebody not knowing. But if you don't know, yeah. Stan Lee created most Marvel characters, it feels like. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you just... All the things we have today in this like wealth of superhero uh, pop culture, I mean, a lot of it rests on the back of Stan Lee. So yeah, I mean, every character that you're familiar with, uh, yes, it's a Stan Lee. I, right. I mean, he has he has Stan Lee roots. Yeah. You know? So maybe he's not sitting down writing every single issue right. or coming up with every right. little detail, but except for I mean, we were you were giving me a list of stuff you want to talk about. And I was putting a list, and there is one character that I think he was just like there with okay. for a lot of times but it's it's one of those things where like he create he didn't create like wolverine right and storm and nightcrawler yeah. but he created the x-men right and so like from out of there spraying yeah, the concept the yeah. concept um and the same thing with like you know he created the fantastic four mm-hmm. so maybe i'll just real, uh spider-man x-men fantastic four hulk dr strange iron man thor did i already say thor i don't know i Ant- mean ant-man and the wasp avengers yeah. um Black Panther, oh, yeah. um, in the Avengers. Yeah, I mean, in the Avengers and Fantastic Four, just those two titles, he created so many like other characters: oh, yeah. the Inhumans, uh, Galactus, Silver Surfer. Um, I mean, it just keeps. He's also one of the one of the few, if not the only, people to come out of that era as like a recognizable like face. Well, you, you know, know what? what? I mean? He's. I'll- I'll bring up like the first thing I would suggest if you are interested in Stan Lee. There's a book called Excelsior, uh-huh. uh, The M- Amazing Life of Stan Lee. It's by Stan Lee and George Mayer. And as Stan Lee says, Stan Lee's there to share anecdotes and yeah. George Mayer is there to fill in the history right. where his memory fails. And yeah. it's, it's very it's very interesting uh, to see where he came out of and everything. But like Stan Lee was always like a showman who, who was, you know, he, he always wanted to be every step he wanted to be bigger than he was he said for a long time uh after writing comics he was still waiting to do like the big thing that he'll be known for Mm. after creating spider-man right he he wanted to do the next thing he's going to do so like i think yeah he's just one of those personalities and people that like as it was happening and comics were getting bigger especially like in the 70s which is where he uh you know like tv started paying attention and stuff i think he just knew how to do that yeah um like some some people just can read the writing on the wall and be like oh i can do this and like you watch interviews with him in the 70s and it's still this it's like the same stan lee that was interviewing last week right it's been really smart but even in the comics because like you you read um some early spider-man and you've also read lots of early like dc comics right but i feel like i mean yeah as far as i know stan lee was like the first person to 
raise the curtain up and have like the soapbox where yeah. he was talking to the uh, talking to readers. Yeah. As Stan Lee, and also sharing opinions with the other well, writers and artists. I mean, I'm a DC fan through mm-hmm. and through, as you know. Yes. But like, if you go back and read, uh, I've read the Spider-Man Masterworks with right. Stanley. You know that that whole yeah. run there. Um, if you read those, and then you pick up any DC comic of that era, Superman, mm-hmm. Batman, whatever, mm-hmm. there is just no comparing. Right. You know, because Spider-Man is very and and really all of Stanley's characters at that point they're very grounded mm-hmm. you know they're talking they're having like you're never wondering when you're reading a superman comic comic of say the silver age uh-huh. you're never wondering like i wonder what he's stressed out about right you know what i mean yeah. it's all just like i like them i like them for their like kind of schmaltzy goofiness the classic dc comics right. but you read it in while spider-man is like i've got to balance all these things yeah. and keep a job and like keep a roof over my head and still mm-hmm. be spider-man you jump over to superman and he's like oh no lex turned lois into a puppy i have to <laughs> get the puppy reversal ray and turn lois back into a lady you know right. like that's that's it right and lois is like i gotta turn back into a lady so i can trick superman into marrying me and right. that's just over and over and over <laughs> again yeah you know they're just nonsense yeah. and they're fun but what Stan Lee was doing, I think, was was treating them like yeah, seriously, treating them like it with a, these are genuine characters yeah. who have feelings and insecurities, and that just was not the landscape. Right. So well, as the know, story, like I said, there's really no comparison. As the story goes, in both uh, Excelsior and um, some uh, other readings uh, from his wife uh, as well, it he wanted to quit. Mm. He wasn't uh, timely comics, which wasn't Marvel just yet. He wanted to quit. Uh, he just wasn't feeling satisfied. He was getting tired of what having to write. Um, and she was like, well, if you quit, you should just write what you want to write. And if it doesn't work out, you're leaving anyways. Right. So that's how he ended up writing the Fantastic Four. Oh, okay. And like making it more soap opera, uh, you know, and putting in all those characters. Um, Explain to me flaws. why no one has tried a Fantastic Four period piece. Why there's not something in like the glorious 60s. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, it seems like if MCU is going to do that, yeah. like they should do like a secret history kind yes, of thing. Absolutely. Like there was the Fantastic Four. Maybe we. Did, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. Um, though I will say that the 2005 Fantastic Four has elements. I don't know. Like those two movies have like kind of a retro vibe. Yeah, they some do. Stuff. They do. Like the wedding and everything. Yeah. But anyway. Um, yeah, that feels very DC comics. Uh, um, yeah. But as I was saying too, with his soapbox, like he all, you know, if you just on the first page when you open it up and you see the credits, mm-hmm. it it wasn't just like Stan Lee, Jack Kirby. It was right. always like Raging Stan Lee, yeah. uh, yeah. Madman Jack Kirby. Yeah. It was all, and then or like the, those the were changed. The yeah. footnotes as well. Yeah, the footnotes yeah. like happened last issue. Uh, yeah, trusty Stan. Yeah, um, which was always fun. Yeah, but yeah, I would definitely recommend reading Excelsior. I read that as a a teenage. That came out like maybe like shortly after the first spider-man movie so it's it's interesting yeah he he did a lot of stuff in world war ii he 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 worked on those like posters on uh recruitment posters but also posters to tell uh uh soldiers Mm. to be careful with uh lady activities because you might catch stuff like STDs. Yes. Are you afraid to say STDs? i don't know yeah i guess okay (laughs) stds everyone yeah great all right, it's off the table. Do you want to say something? You know, uh, last night I was thinking like I would really like to do some Stanley-ish thing, mm-hmm. and so um, Stanley-ish thing. <laughs> okay. So I uh, I got the first batch of episodes for the 2017 Spider-Man show, like the most recent. Yeah. Thing. So Are what you is, familiar with this at all? Yeah, it's not Ultimate Spider-Man. No, it's not Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, but it does. It it feels like kind of a hybrid of Ultimate Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man. Don't bring up Spectacular that, Spider-Man. Unless... I think that you would dig it because mm, I do dig the things. pilot had a little bit of the talking to the camera, but it was always oh. he was documenting things. Right. He wasn't just like, "Hey, everyone, how relevant." Time out. <laughs> uh, that was annoying, but it didn't seem to continue. Mm-hmm. But there's Stan Lee. You know, yeah. he, he's the he's like filming everything, and you hear a lot of his dialogue and mm. like little pearls of wisdom. Right, and it. Uh, it harkened me back to the old days, and this was the question that I thought maybe we could start with, is what is your first, like, Stanley memory? And for me, it was uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. So you're familiar with Spider-Man and His Amazing uh, Friends? I'm, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I have never, like, sat down and watched it, except for maybe when I've been at your house. Okay. And it's been on. Right. Um, so this is, there was a Spider-Man cartoon, just kind of standalone, and I don't know if it was with Super Friends or whatever, they wanted to try to kind of mm-hmm. get in on that, but they brought, um, 
They brought Iceman from the X-Men. Mm-hmm. They wanted Human Torch, but they couldn't get the rights, so they created Firestar, mm-hmm. who's been kind of an enduring character. Like, I, I like Firestar. Yeah, she's a mutant now. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're both, like, former X-Men. It could but, just be called Spider-Man and his mutant pals. Yeah, it could be. But, but you they, shouldn't say that. You're right. <laughs> but they, you know, they they live at Peter's house, and Tony Stark shows up, mm-hmm. and he tricks out their, like, loft, so they have secret entrances and everything. <laughs> and it's narrated by Stan Lee, like, yeah. just as Stan Lee. You know, hey, true believers! Like, yeah. every episode was like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I always liked that. I loved his narration. Uh, I loved that show. I still love that show. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find now, but it was great. But that was the one that sort of clued me in to like the Stanley world. And the mm-hmm. first time I kind of experienced him as a, you know, a creator, a, a, right. an entity out there. Uh, and that's always, you know, that's, that's stayed with me over the years. That's right. still something that, uh, one of my favorites from when I was a kid. Uh, what about right. you? That was eighties. Well, it was eighties when I watched it. It was probably late seventies. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's because it all happens around the same time. So I think what actually happened was I played the PlayStation One Spider Man game. Oh, uh, from two thousand. So I guess this would be first. Uh, in oh my gosh, I can't get anything. To you know work. what? Just a correction. Spider Man and his amazing friends ran from uh, nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty three. So I was even alive for some of this run. All right, there you go. And then of course it was in reruns, right? And VHS tapes. Don't forget. Right. Sorry. Go on. Uh, so there was a PlayStation One. It was also on the Nintendo sixty four, but that one, that oh, version wasn't so good. Oh yes. Um, and so it, it's a very like simple, like linear kind of Spider Man game in three D. It was like I think it was the first three D Spider Man yeah, game. Yeah. But it was, I loved that game. It was Activision. Yeah. It was very good. Venom's in it. Uh, you have a lot of like the classic villains showing yeah. up. You have Scorpion and Rhino and Mysterio. The N sixty four had a red cartridge. Yeah. Well, pretty, the difference between the two in the big way was that this Nintendo 64 couldn't handle the uh, movie scenes, oh. like the uh, CGI scenes. Okay. So they had comic book panels. Um, oh, I this, guess it was on Dreamcast too. Interesting. But this, uh, the PS1 version had the full movies and it had some of like the animated series cast and everything. It was a lot of fun, but um, Stan Lee also narrates things as it was happening. That's right. He does. And um, it's just really fun, um, especially because... When you think about like there's like he doesn't create venom, but he still talks about right. uh, venom. But uh, I just remember he he has so much enthusiasm in it. He'd be like, "You have to go stop the scorpion from taking out J. Jonah Jameson." He's like, <laughs> "Just like scorpion's been, I can't even do it. Scorpion's been out for uh, J. Jonah Jameson since day one." Yeah, I remember. But he's that. narrating the whole thing, yep. and the whole game has like kind of a light a light touch to a it lot does, of things yeah. but uh stanley yeah his narration of it was a lot of fun so that was like the first time like i was like oh who is this this is Stan Lee's voice um and i think it's i think it's interesting that like we both i don't know came into contact with who he was personally yeah. just from his voice because yeah. i think yeah uh i think it's one of those things where like if you're on an elevator and he's talking you'd be turning around and you're like that's that's Stanley. Stan yeah. Um, I also had this uh, set of Marvel trading cards mm-hmm. back from this was I was probably in third or fourth grade, so we're yeah. talking nineties now. Yeah. Well, that's that's and, the uh, year of the Marvel trading cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I lo- I loved this series. I was desperate to get them all. Right. But one of them that I had that I really liked was called Mister Marvel, mm-hmm. and it was Stan Lee, but he was stylized with all like half of his face was Spider Man, and he uh, had yeah. like the Captain America mm-hmm. wing and a little bit of Hulk, yeah. and so that was another place where I was like, who is this character? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I read the back, and yeah. I was like, oh, okay, he's not. Yeah. He's, um, but that was another way. So after I played the game, before the movie came out, I started reading uh, Amazing Spider-Man, like the essential Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, and these are just like massive, probably like 24-issue black and white black and white collections of like the original series. Um, and this was Amazing Spider-Man. And I tried to read like his X-Men series from the 60s uh-huh. and as an x-men fan it's hard okay to read that i i like i get into the x-men when chris claremont and you know the 70s yeah. happen but and i also tried to read fantastic four and the avengers by stanley uh-huh. and like even those are dated and i don't love the fantastic four in general but his amazing spider-man run yeah. is just so good it is it's still i i would submit that a lot of his characters he made like daredevil and x-men and hulk had like good ideas with them when he created them but then other writers made them great yeah. like frank miller took over daredevil and like i said chris claremont and the x-men but i think a lot of stuff we still see with spider-man today is because of oh, all yeah. the stuff That's i mean he wrote Absolutely. he wrote 
Amazing Spider-Man for a long time too. Yeah. It was one he stuck around with uh, yeah. a lot longer, I think. Um, but the masterworks are just so great because yeah. they're full color. Yeah, like you can see the whole thing. The essentials are black and white. But yeah, the masterworks are really cool. The, I mean, it's like you said. It's like you know the drama. Like how will I do? Like all yeah. that's really good. The the characters are and the villains are all really fun. It's just it's just one that I think really holds up. Uh-huh. Like I think this is. This is a run from the 60s that you could still read and enjoy. It is. I mean, it's a little slow, I think. It's slow, and it's wordier yes, than you're exactly, used to. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's all, it's all dialogue over the art. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah. you know, now you'd see some indecision in just the way Peter Parker is drawn. You'd right. see him, like, weighing his options. Right. In the Stan Lee era, you just yeah. see, like, a Peter Parker, and he's like, I'm trying to decide between these two yeah. things, and they both cause me stress. Yep. You know, things that later yeah. you know you focus on the art and you don't have to write all mm-hmm. that because it's clear but that just wasn't the wasn't the game then. i i think the reason why basically what we picked a lot because we have other stuff to mention too is all spider-man related really yeah. and i think it's just because like he did create all these characters and he probably really enjoyed uh, yeah. you know a lot of i mean he liked the hulk a lot because he was a big fan uh frankenstein fan um and he was also um you know, he, he, he has some write-ups about uh, why bigotry is wrong and everything. Uh. So, you know, he made the X-Men. Um, but I think, like, a lot of his heart was just in yeah. Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man is one for me. Like, I just as just as you said, I mean, when Chris, Chris, Chris Claremont took uh-huh. over and we, we had the introduction of Wolverine and Storm and the people that you... Yeah that you traditionally think of as the X-Men. I mean, right. that to me is the X-Men. Right. So as much as I like the original group, I don't really associate X-Men and Stan Lee because yeah. that's just yeah. hasn't been the norm in right. how many years now, you know, right. 40, yeah. 30. So, but yeah. with Spider-Man, you know, even mm-hmm. you see it in the Tom Holland movie, you see mm-hmm. like his take, like the insecure, yeah. uh, you know, but kind of funny Spider-Man just like in high school, yeah. being a nerd. I mean, you see that, you see that now, mm-hmm. you know, in the, in the current takes on Spider-Man. It just, yeah. It really like it's it's been updated and adapted, and we've seen Spider-Man age and get married and mm-hmm. do different things. But it always kind of comes back to this original like Stan Lee take on Spider-Man, and that's the one that endures. Mm-hmm. I think you know as much as everybody loves Mary Jane and all that, it's like Spider-Man seems to always reset itself at mm-hmm. one point or another to that classic nerdy high school kid trying yeah. to get by yeah which i think is cool i mean i think that's a testament to the strength of the character mm-hmm. uh, since its inception yeah um why was i going to talk about the first spider-man movie i don't know i guess just because it's very good mm-hmm. and i feel like out of all i mean i know you love homecoming and yeah. homecoming is good but i feel like the first sam raimi spider-man movie and the second one they they capture like Stan Lee's run yeah. very well, I think. Because they, they're a little bit campier right. than the other Spider-Man right. movies. And they're also very, and I, I mean, in, very intentionally so, so this isn't a dig, but so they're popular. very melodramatic. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. very big, like, how will I ever? Yeah. Which was also a hallmark yeah. of the Stan but, Lee era. Things were extreme. Yeah, but at the same time, the Sam Raimi film, like you said, they're melodramatic, but they're yeah. still way more grounded than yeah. we've had our right. superhero melodrama True. at the time. Yeah. So maybe now looking back, it's like, it is kind of goofy, but yeah. like in 2002, when the first Spider-Man movie came out, yeah. like that melodrama was still done in a way like, Oh yeah, I know what that's like. Yeah. Um, I had zero problems with that movie. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I saw that in theater so many times. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I, it totally worked for the time that it was yeah. in. Absolutely. But, when I I ended up buying like the big collectors okay. pack for this uh-huh. first Spider-Man DVD, and it came with like a uh, like a reprint of Spider-Man One, the comic Amazing Spider or Amazing Fantasy Fifteen, um, but it also came with a DVD called Stan Lee's Mutants, Monsters, and Marvels, oh. in which he's interviewed by Kevin Smith oh. for uh, two. So he does he has like thirty minutes where he's talking about Spider-Man, yeah, and then he has thirty minutes where he's talking about creating all the other heroes, and it's really good. I mean, if you've seen any interview with Stanley talking about the creation of yeah. any heroes, you've seen them all, yeah. But this one, but this one is it's good because Kevin Smith has a bunch of enthusiasm for it. Oh, he yeah. asks some fun questions. Uh, he gives. Uh, Kevin Smith a tour around uh, cool. shows him a painting where he's like looking very sternly at Spider-Man. He's like, oh, but of course I would never, yeah, I would never uh, risk that with Spider-Man. Right. 
Um, but it's, yeah, it is. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, I've seen that before. I, I've not actually yeah. watched it, but I had Kevin Smith on my yeah. list too because yeah. uh, Kevin Smith used to do a podcast called Fat Man on Batman, where yeah. he would interview like comic legends about mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah, and he gets Stan Lee on, yeah. and Stan Lee just will not talk about no. Batman. No. He's always like, you know, yeah, Kevin like, will tell ask me about question. Bob Kane. He's yeah, like, he's like, oh, he was fine. He's like, yeah. but Batman's a detective. That's boring. Peter Parker's just an average guy. Yeah, you know? and Kevin's yeah. like, right, right, right. But Batman, and he's yeah. like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, you know, he just does. Thor flies with his hammer. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't play around at yeah. all he just goes right back to spider-man yeah i also wanted to mention mall rats because i think that i think that that's a side of stan lee that like mall rats and then there was a show called who wants to be a superhero uh-huh. where it's almost like he's it's meta you know he's kind yeah. of taking his he's taking his own persona yeah and kind of playing with it in a uh-huh. you know you know mall rats is, is a little cynical well, mall, and goofy yeah because he's trying to give advice and yeah. all uh jason lee can do is ask like sex related questions right. about all the superheroes right. he's like sure sure but listen yeah yeah <laughs> he's like i don't know maybe yeah and so. then in, in the who wants to be a superhero i don't know if you ever watched that no show, but it was like sci-fi channel yeah people would like they had these superheroes that they'd created and he kind of shepherded them and was like try this try uh-huh. this and you know it was goofy and it was melodramatic but yeah. like he was just so 100 percent committed mm-hmm. and in that it was just you know it's a funny fun side of, right. of stanley uh so i enjoyed both of those did you did you pick these two choices for your cameos is that what i did okay so yeah. which one are you which cameo are you talking well, about well i i mean there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of arguments to be made for what is the best right stanley cameo yeah. and i'm sure you have feelings yeah it's funny this. because now like the movie just stops yeah for a stanley cameo right. but like you watch the first x-men movie and you have to pause it because he's just like a hot dog vendor right. on the beach scene yeah and it does not focus on him yeah. at all so yeah, there's there's a lot that I enjoy, but I think the one that's the most, I don't know, the, the most like satisfying and well done and library themed folks. Yeah, is the Amazing Spider-Man where yeah. Stan Lee's a librarian with headphones on. It's one of the best scenes of the movie. Oh, it's great. Yeah, so. he's you know just stamping the books, not paying attention to what's yeah. behind him as Spider-Man yeah, just like music. demolishes the yeah. library, which I don't recommend. But yeah, <laughs> I think that cameo yeah. I, for me is I think the best. Yeah. What about you? Um. There's a lot of like funnier cameos. Oh, yeah, like I yeah. like I really liked his recent Ant Man and the Wasp cameo. Like the sixties were fun, but now I'm paying for it. Yeah, yeah. That that cracked me up to yeah. no end. But I think one of my favorites is in Spider Man three, which is, mm. you know, the mixed review one. Peter is just standing there. Uh, the movies, you know, so far Peter's been narrating about how everything's going his way. He's looking at a teleprompter and it says, uh, Spider Man to be given key of the city. And uh Peter's just staring there, and Stan Lee walks up and goes, I guess one man can make a difference. Well, enough said, and then leaves. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just, yeah, it's just nice. Yeah, yeah. It so, is, uh, it's a, it's a I don't know. It is one of my favorite ones. There's X-Men Apocalypse has um, him and his wife uh, holding each other, terrified as oh, missiles yeah. are going up in the air. Right. And that's that's a little bittersweet because yeah. she died shortly after. Yeah, very shortly after. Um, she was in that. So, I don't know, like, out of the MCU, which one would be my favorite at this point? Yeah, we have it's, a listener response here. Did you see that about uh, in I Thor, like the one where he's a World War II vet? And oh, <laughs> no, that's in Age of Ultron. Oh, uh, okay. Because he's like, uh, uh, Thor's talking about how this drink was not made for, uh, for men. And he was like, yeah, neither was uh, D-Day. Give me the drink. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, he's being, he has to be dragged out of the drink. He's like, Excelsior. Yeah. So it was, yeah, yeah that one's a funny solid. one. So do you, do you have a favorite? I mean, is it the Spider-Man 3? Is that the one that you? Yeah. Which you yeah, okay. I think so. But out of the, like the MCU, I'm not, right. I'm not sure. They okay. all start to, those ones all start to blur together. Yeah, Again, do. I might say it is the, uh, the ant-man and the wasp one okay it's just so funny yeah it is that is a good one yeah uh, i also wanted to mention the teen titans go to the movies yeah that Stan one was Lee hilarious cameo, which is which is great yeah. i think that's the funniest one yeah i mean him showing up in a dc movie and, and being just, like yeah whatever i love yeah. cameos yeah you know? it's it's great for the whole first part too where he's not saying anything he's yeah. just slowly yeah, sidling just like into the, the camera it, you know and it, that was well done because yeah. you think he's not gonna say anything yeah. you're just like oh it's a stanley cameo yeah, and like, then he uh, says a lot yeah you know he's like my super son little cameo yeah was pretty funny yeah apparently there's the fantastic four one he plays willie lumpkins there yeah uh, yeah an actual like marvel character and he's uh he's delivering the mail and 
apparently like they had to cut it down because he, he would just improv that whole scene. He'd come in and like, here's your mail. And then he would just go in and was like, how is everything going? What's going on? You know, being a mailman is not easy either. Um, but you know what? I just, the Fantastic Four 2, which, you know, take it or leave it depending on how you feel of it. But it has him coming into their wedding and they ask uh, his right. name on the guest list. He's like, it's Stan Lee. He's like, nice try, buddy. He's like, no, I'm Stan Lee. Look. Yeah, yeah. And, You're right. That is a good one. And that's actually ripped out of uh, Fantastic Four, the comics, because in the comics during the wedding of Fanta- Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman, Jack Kirby and him are trying to get into the wedding, but they get kicked out for the same reason. They're like, what a rip, Jack. He's like, tell me about it. That's funny. So, uh, that you know, that one's pretty fun. So, yeah. Hang on. It's, I, you know, I, I gotta, I can't help but wonder if there are more filmed. I, th- you know? I think, I think they are, I think they had said he had like filmed his last five, but that was like two movies ago. Mm. So I'm sure like, I know he's not in Phoenix, the new X-Men movie. Yeah. He, his, his cameo-ism with, uh, cameo-ism yeah. with X-Men has been kind of spotty. He wasn't in two, uh-huh. uh, or X-Men Origins Wolverine. For a while, he wouldn't be in movies that he didn't create the characters yeah, for. Yeah, and then that, that just sense. stopped altogether. Yeah. He was just in everything. Um, but I'm sure he's in the next one, the next Avengers and Captain Marvel. And whether or not he's in the one after the next Avengers is uh, Spider-Man uh, far from home. Far from home. Mm-hmm. So whether or not he's in that, I don't know. But yes, uh, somebody, <laughs> one of the podcasts I listen to weekly planet, they've submitted that every Every inch of his body has been digitally mapped to appear in every <laughs> movie funny. in the future. Yeah, um, yeah, yes. And somebody just pointed out the Gar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Two has a great cameo when he's talking to the Watchers. Oh yeah, which is just great. Yeah. So and they're like, ah, eh, whatever. Yeah, especially because it's the Watchers, yeah. which I find hilarious. Yeah, but, that is a good. Point. Um, yeah, I guess that's everything. I mean, really, we did just mostly talk about him and spider-man we mostly did yes and uh, that so, would be my recommendation you know what if you wanted to pick up a classic stanley i would say spider-man masterworks volume one yeah yeah definitely uh his spider-man stuff i don't know if you've ever read these and i don't know if they're collected but he did a series with dc i you know i was last night i was looking for that i was hoping yeah. i could get it on my nook or something i don't know where to find them there there's a couple of collections right so you probably get it through interlibrary loan what what he did was basically they had stanley come in and basically the idea was, if he was creating Batman, right. what would he do? If right. he was creating Wonder Woman, what would yeah, he do? There's and a Robin so, as well. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, they're not what he would have done because right. like he has all this history and right. everything behind. But it is still like a... It's basically Batman yeah. reimagined. I think yeah. like Batman's like a teenager, like a, la- oh, uh, a Latino teenager. It's called, the series is called Stan Lee Just Imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there, there are a couple of trade volumes of that and, of course, single issues. Yeah. But. Yep. Yeah, that, that was an interesting so, time. I remember when those came out. I remember picking up the Robin one and being like, what? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. it's nothing. I like think a lot of them are reason. like, you know, kind of that weird for like, how weird can I make this? Or yeah. different can I make yeah. this? But uh, it's still, it's an interesting Stanley on the other side. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. So Agreed. yeah. But yes, I would suggest uh, Excelsior. There's a Stanley documentary that's on Netflix that the wife and I watched. My wife and I watched. Sorry, I said the wife and <laughs> you I. You said the wife and I. Uh, my wife and I watched it a few years ago. Well, the wife and I are going to watch a documentary tonight. And she likes them. I don't know. What? It's kind. It's kind of. It's interesting because it does like his history and shows some of like the failed things that happened like later on, uh, like the Stanley company that happened like in the early 2000s i think that went bankrupt and everything but anyway uh his wife is in it a lot and them together they're just hilarious that's funny um because she she like he you know he has this like view of himself and you know like the spokesman guy but like she doesn't care she she's like come here you forgot to take out the trash (laughs) and he's like oh i'm always getting yelled at for something i mean she only passed away two years ago and it seems to happen that like you know Oh yeah, you know, when you've been together for like seventy years, yeah. and one passes away, that's yeah. not long after. Yeah, um, and I don't know how you get. I guess you can just find Marvel's Mutants and Monsters on YouTube. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, probably with Kevin Smith. So, with great power, the Stan Lee story. Yeah, that sounds right. Two thousand ten documentary. Yeah, it's good with great power, everyone. Yeah, she was in the Amazing Sp- the nineties cartoon. She played Madam Web. Really, as a, as, I loved yeah. Madam Web. I loved that whole. I can't believe we didn't talk about the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. That was where it was at for yeah. me. I loved it. Yeah, exciting times. So I still don't know what happened to Mary Jane. She fell into that <laughs> portal, and I don't know where she is. Yeah, it's your uh, it's your fourth season of uh, 
Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark all yeah. over again. Oh, we can't talk about that. Yeah. I'll, I'm too you just, emotional. You just lived the 90s constantly being put on yes. edge with no satisfaction. You're absolutely right. Sorry, man. You're absolutely right. I get it. All right. Yeah. Well, Stanley. Yeah. To Stanley. Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All it's, right. So we transition into some library news now. We got anything exciting coming up? Uh, we got a thousand books before kindergarten. Program to help Preschool. parents. Uh, no, a thousand kid- books before kindergarten. Okay. Yeah. Program yeah. to help parents. Uh, it's an easy way to read a thousand yes. books to your kids before yeah. they hit kindergarten. We we'll got, try to uh, make it as simple as possible. We got tote bags. Tote bags. Yeah. But we're doing thanks, like a thanks in part to the Wellsville Rotary Club. Yes. By the way, for our we're sponsors. doing a kickoff party the seventeenth. Yeah, well, that's um, right. So. You don't have to read a thousand books that day, right? But you can just come. You can get uh, this little party. Yeah. Um, Pick up your tote bag. Get some supplies. Yeah. Get some books. Yeah. So get started. Yeah. The idea. The idea is that you just read to your child. Yeah. A thousand books before yeah. kindergarten. Yeah. Helps with vocabulary. Yeah. Helps uh, just give them sort of the faculties to to mm-hmm. figure things out. I mean, it's when you look at like the development of kids, uh, kids who have been read to regularly and kids who mm-hmm. haven't. It's just right. It, it's just. It's such a wide gap yeah. of like where they are as they're starting yeah. out, you know, being adolescents, yeah. five, five and, and older. Yeah. So it's a great program. I'm really excited about it. We've got an author visit on the 14th. Ooh. Eli Knapp is coming here. It's, uh, it's Ellie Knapp. No. Okay. In the Monday Club room. The following night, Thursday the 15th, we have Creek Bend Band back, 7 o'clock down in the auditorium. Ooh. Sponsored in part by the Tri-County Arts Council and the Allegheny Arts Association. So thank you to our sponsors. Uh, we've got movies, we've got book clubs. We're currently doing Jack Reacher's, uh, Lee Child's Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, uh-huh. and Reese Bowen's uh, Her Royal Spiness. But then next Terrible is, title, good book. Next is Sneaky Pie. Next, we start our Christmas book club, Sneaky Pie Brown and Rita Mae Brown's Santa Claude. Yeah. I like how we just did the, the 1989 Batman thing where we put Sneaky Pie above the actual, yeah. The yeah. actual author. There, people are there for Sneaky Pie. Yeah. You know that. You yeah. know that. <laughs> so... All right. Yeah, that's well. I think that's going to do it for it. this episode. Yeah. Uh, as always, uh, anything you want, uh, material-wise, if you want some Stanley stuff, oh, let yeah. us know. Uh, if we don't have it in our system, we'll find another library who has mm-hmm. it, and we will get it for you. Yeah. So please take us up on that offer. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning <laughs> in, and we'll see you next time. Have a good day. Night. Week. Sorry, I don't Whatever. usually say Be have good. a good day. I don't usually say anything at the end. End it don't. for me. The end.